Welcome to Discovering Responsible Wealth. This is your host, Frank Congelos. It's a pleasure again to be with you this week. You know, last week we had gotten into the topic of legacy planning. We were dealing with the financial aspects of legacy planning, and we were talking a little bit about utilizing insurance as a part of your legacy and how that all comes together. On a couple of our previous shows, you know, we had kind of set up this conversation by talking a little bit about long-term care. And the reason why we brought it up on long-term care is because the need of long-term care and caring for a couple and uh, the fact that, you know, many people later in life will require substantial assets in order to maintain quality of life and everything else, um, that pressure put on someone's financial aspects really will impact long-term what happens to their assets. And then last week, we had gotten into a little bit of the financial side of talking about life insurance, planning assets, and so forth. And we have two guests with us this week. Our one guest is David Suki, one of my partners at CNA Financial Group, Executive Vice President. David, as always, it's a pleasure for you to be with us this week. So thanks for being here. Thanks, Frank. Good to be back with you. And we also have one of our industry experts, Jim Sinney, who's been talking a little bit with us about the different types of products that are on the market as it relates to the insurance industry, what he's seen on the insurance side life-wise, some long-term care products, some riders that are coming out, just so that as all of you as our listeners are making your plans and planning your finances, you'll have a better understanding of what products should you be looking at, what strategies you should utilize, and so forth. So with that in mind, you know, one of the things that we started our conversation about last week was really talking about conflict. And the conflict is really, you know, living for today. And when I say living for today is planning our assets today, planning for retirement, and at the same point, preserving those assets with the idea being that on the financial side is we'd like to protect them, leave something, because it may impact our church, it may impact our community, and also our family, whether it be our children, our grandchildren, or whatever the case might be. So with that in mind, why don't we just start out, you know, by, you know, I, I always have a saying, which is, you know, no organization or company that's out there publicly owned, whatever the case might be, would go into business, work for many years, 30, 40, 50 years, Okay, and then bankrupt everything they're doing because of one event. And so a lot of people, as it relates to their finances, they do that, which is they work their career, they work maybe 30, 40, 50 years, and then they die broke. And some people, I've, I've seen books. Like, Dave, did you ever see the book uh, Die Broke or whatever the case yes, might be? Yes, And, you know, kind of, you know, the individual that wrote the book, I guess the idea was is that you should spend every dollar, enjoy everything you can, and die without assets. But the reality is, is that if you can impact other people and organizations, my point is, is why would you do it? So we'll start out kind of with Dave, which is, Dave, when you're out there and you're giving advice to people because you're sometimes frontline or you're often frontline and giving advice, what are you hearing? And when I say what are you hearing is, are you hearing that preserving those assets are important, not important? And, you know. Yeah, very, very important, Frank. With the... Um with the economic uh, system that we all operate under now, it, it's uh, it's a responsibility of us to to really plan our own finances. And and one of the things that we explain to clients is, you know, every one of us has a balance sheet. So I thought, you know, it's relevant to the to the comment you made with corporations and things. You know, we all have our personal balance sheets, whether we want to deal with them or not, is is an, you know our issue. But the reality is, is the people we see, they want to, you know, they want to learn, they want to become educated. How do they? provide for for today and also you know plan for the for the future and, and beyond because let's face it we all know the world that we grow up in today you know 
may look quite different tomorrow for our children and then our children's children. And it's interesting now that I'm a parent, I totally see that differently than when I was the child and my dad used to tell me that, you know, that he grew up in a different world than I was growing up in. And now I see my kids growing up in a different world than, than I grew up in. So it's it's an interesting dynamic. So so people we visit with have, have similar thoughts and conversations around that. And Jim, on your side is, you know, being an insurance industry, you know, expert, um, you're seeing products that are being more and more designed. And we started getting into this a little bit last week with the idea that, you know, one, people are living longer. And then this other side of that is even though they're living longer, morbidity, which is their quality of life and as healthy as they are, may not be that great. And that, you know, I think you gave a statistic last week that maybe you can just touch on again. I think the number was 70% on something, but it, it just sounded like we're here longer, but maybe not in as great a shape, and that the financial demands that are going to be made of us and put on us, the pressure on us and our assets are substantial. So maybe you can just tell us a little bit about what you're seeing on the product side, how they're changing, what you're seeing, and how the industry is evolving. Uh, sure, Frank. That's great. And the uh, the statistic that, that we discussed last week was that those that uh, live to age 65 – 70% of them at some point in their lifetime thereafter will need some type of long-term care. And that, that's staggering when you, when you think about it uh, as compared to many, many years ago because people are living longer now. So now we start to discuss morbidity in long-term care. So the industry has responded a number of years ago with long-term care, traditional long-term care policies where the policy was uh, underwritten specifically uh, for long-term care benefits. And we're seeing major changes uh, in the industry with many carriers that have moved out and no longer market these products because of uh, the current economic uh, environment, uh, unsure of what claims will be paid or needed to be paid in the future. So there's less and less companies that are offering these type of uh, of traditional policies, and also premiums have escalated tremendously on these policies as well. Now, in response to that, the industry has now created additional products or riders, as I'll refer to uh, in a few minutes, to take care of long-term care. There are asset-based combo-type policies where an individual must take a large amount of money and deposit it into a particular type of policy Almost that like can be used. It. Absolutely, using it for the future for potentially long-term care. Then there's also now chronic illness and long-term care riders that are attached to permanent life insurance, which permits individuals, if they have the need for long-term care or chronic illness type of services, to utilize that death benefit during their living years to help pay for the long-term care. And that basically, in essence, protects their other assets uh, you know, from, from use uh, in regards to long-term care. If I can just stop you there for a second, Jim, is one of the things that I thought I heard you say was it had to be permanent insurance. And the reason why I bring that up is because a lot of people are out there and they're telling people effectively that you should buy term invest the difference. I mean, that's been, you know, something that's gone on for years. We don't necessarily always agree with that. We think it, it certainly has a place. But um, will term insurance work for this? To my knowledge, there is no company that currently markets a rider that can be attached to a term insurance policy, term being 
mostly of, of a temporary nature. So I don't know of any products uh, that that or riders that are available that could be attached and, to a term policy. And, and it would make sense based upon you know our conversation because what would happen is at some point when the coverage ends, I wouldn't have a death benefit in which I can utilize for other long-term care benefits. So if I'm 80, 85 years old or whatever, at the point that perhaps I might need a long-term care benefit, if I don't have an insurance-type plan that can support a death benefit out there that I can spend or utilize or leverage off of during my lifetime, that's the problem. Is that? Am I yes. reading this right, Jim? Yeah, absolutely, Frank. Yes. So if we stay with that for a little bit, one of the other things that I thought that I heard you say was is that the rates on some of the long-term care that have been on the market has gone up. And is that going up, That, to the best of your knowledge, on new business they're writing or existing insurances that are on the market? Both. Existing uh, long-term care policies that are uh, currently owned by policy owners, uh, premiums have significantly escalated over the last several years, and there's been a number of articles that have been in various magazines in regards to that as well, where individuals have had to make revisions in the uh, amount of coverage in order to keep the policy because the premiums were so much increased that they were unable to keep the same type of coverage. Some people were just not able to uh, to, to pay the new premium. So it, it's certainly a challenge for, for consumers as well as challenge for insurance companies. You know, as you're going through that, and it, it's kind of hit me, it's like, you know, this whole thing of, you know, we're living longer, we're more active lives and all of this. The amount of pressure that's really been put on our financial system because of that is, I mean, when you think in terms of Social Security, the reality was that Social Security wasn't designed that, you know, you'd spend 20 or 30 years in retirement, and so now we have a Social Security crisis. And then we end up where, okay, now we have that number, 70% of people that reach age 65 are probably going to need some type of a long-term care benefit or expend, you know, funds for that, and now we have a long-term care issue with regard to funding these. And at the same point, we're still talking about legacy, and that legacy is, is, you know, from a financial standpoint on this show is what did my life's work represent financially? Who did I impact? How did I impact them? And do I want that impact to continue on when I'm no longer here? And if I have to constantly worry about running out of money because i got to pay for my long-term care or that of my spouse, and so I've got large amounts of finances that may have to go out, um, a couple of shows ago, we had a gentleman, Michael Minton, and Michael was talking about what the cost of long-term care was. I mean, these are big numbers. Oh, that they are. Uh, you can look at it from a national point of view or in the Northeast, and it's staggering uh, to think how much of a person's assets per year uh, could be uh, basically used for long-term care benefits. And ultimately, as you stated earlier, uh, that legacy might not be there, whether it be for your your children, grandchildren, or if you're charitably inclined to leave it to uh, to an organization, it may not be there. And David, you know, you're out there, you know, front line talking to clients on a daily basis. How many people that you come in contact with of new clients have resolved these types of issues with regard to their long-term care planning, their legacy planning, in their overall plans? It's it's few um, and far between, Frank. That have, in fact, it's usually on the list of concerns. You know, if you're if you're building a plan, what 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 are the the potential you know concerns a client may have? Rarely does anyone have an answer for it. And the the reality is the education behind it 
is often misinterpreted, meaning they're, they're not clear on what, what assets, you know, they can protect, they can't protect, they don't know the look-back period, if they're moving assets. Um, and what's happening is a lot of clients we deal with, because we tend to deal with people, you know, between the ages of 30 and 60, they have parents or relatives going through it for the first time, and it's, it's emotional, and they're really impacted, and they're motivated to do something about it. They just don't know, you know, what their options are and, you know, where, they, where, where even necessarily to begin. You know, as, as I listen to the two of you, you know, the thought that crosses from my head, it's like it's like having an itch. You know, it's like, you know, if my arm itches, I itch my arm. And that might have been early on in my life, you know, when I was, like, just starting out and I was trying to save for to put my kids through college. And then all of a sudden I notice, you know, my leg starts itching a little bit, and that might be retirement. And what happens is, is it's whatever the current itches is what gets our focus. And because we're talking about legacy, and most people think of legacy of this is going to happen 30, 40, 50 years from now, the more relevant itch, which whether it be our kids, our retirement, whatever, is what's getting the attention. And this one's kind of being put to the side. And the reason why I wanted to bring the two of you on this week was because if we were to do a kind of a macro plan, which is we were trying to do a plan that was all-encompassing, it sounded to me when we started having this conversation that I could be doing things as it relates to, you know, utilizing my insurances. You know, Jim, when you were mentioning insurance and some riders that are available, that although I don't see the benefit of it today, it's basically almost packing my parachute for later on that if I happen to need to get out at that point, I can pull that long-term care parachute or that benefit parachute. Am I reading that correctly, Jim? Is that the way that you're you're explaining it and that I'm yes, saying it? Yes, Frank. I, I think that's a that's a great analogy because we don't know whether or not we're going to need this type of coverage, but we want to prepare, and that's what planning is all about. And these various products that are offered uh, to the public are are products that can help them in their planning process. And what I thought was interesting, Jim, is, is I know people always conflicted on where to spend the dollar. And when I say where to spend the dollar is if I go out and I buy long-term care insurance, which is an excellent product, it's advisable that you do it. But if I don't have a lot of dollars to spend, and I look at that and I go, well, you said 70%, and we always look as if, you know, it's like if I look and I got the two of you sitting on each side of me, and it's like, okay, it'll be the one to the left and the one to the right, but hopefully it's not the one in the center. I kind of look, and it's always going to be the other guy. And then for me to take assets away or income away from what other things I need to do and spend it on that, I get conflicted. But it sounds like with some of these riders that you're explaining that if I do it properly with the life insurance, like you just described, that that product is now does exist with some companies, that... I didn't necessarily waste the money because I still have the insurance in place. Absolutely, because we don't know, of, as we said earlier, whether or not we're going to need that type of care, uh, which would lead to expenses. And if you don't use it with these type of riders that I've described, you still have the permanent insurance to fall back on. And as you know, Dave, I know that you know, we mentioned on a previous show, that death benefit, the way that you do it with some clients is, is that you utilize assets off of the death benefit. Maybe you could just take 30 seconds and tell us a little bit about that. Well, yeah, Frank, we, you know, we use this analogy. It's not about the club. It's about the swing. So if it, in terms of a, a client's planning, there, there has to be an understanding of utilization of the different products they own and how they can efficiently utilize them and maximize them. So in terms of a death benefit, what we recognized is it's possible to use that as a future hedge to create more cash flow during our retirement years. And we've done the math thousands of times. We know it works. 
So when people see that and they recognize it, it becomes very powerful for them, and they, they usually act on it you know, very quickly. So for all of our listeners, as we're talking about legacy and we've been addressing the financial side of this this week, what we've really been trying to address is the financial aspect of it, which is, you know, one is we can all leave an impact. We can all impact the lives of the others, uh, the organizations, the people we love and care about. And at the same point, we can still utilize financial strategies, which will help us to maximize our own retirement, our own cash flow, and our own quality of life, you know, as we go forward. The last thing that I'll mention in, as we wrap up today is, is that all of this sounds great, but unless you do very good estate planning and you document what you'd like to see happen over your lifetime and even at the end of your lifetime when you're no longer here to make sure that it plays out the way that you want, it's all for naught. So I would tell you it's a complete plan that needs to be done. So for our listeners, you've been listening to Discovering Responsible Wealth. Our guest this week, David Suki of CNA Financial Group and Sim, Jim Sinney, our industry expert. I'm your host, Frank Congelos. If you have questions, you can write to us at the Institute of Responsible Wealth, 2431 Atlantic Avenue, Manasquan, New Jersey, 08736, or email us at info at IFRW.com. Thank you, and have a blessed week.